The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. The man, the myth, the legend. Ishmael Johnson. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, there he is. Yes. He's back from the weekend. I've Welcome never, back, buddy. I've never seen a, I've never seen a group of people more concerned about your well-being and your current status than this group while you were gone, Tepper. They, they had nothing to be concerned about. If anything, I wish they would have, you know, well, they probably did. I'm sure that they were using me as a proxy for my wife who was doing the actual work. Sure. Um, one can but, hope that's yes. what they were doing. Yes. <laughs> is with deep is with deep regret that I uh, announced that I'm back. Sorry, guys. Uh, I know that uh, very right off the top. Uh, thank you very, very much to Terry Adams, to yeah. Aaron Hardigan, to Greg Powers, to Brady Keene, uh, and to Tony Blaylock mm-hmm. and to Matt Stapp. And plus the crew here uh, for taking up the real heroes. The real heroes. <laughs> um, it is, guys, there is so much going on at Dave Campbell's Texas football this time of year that the idea of taking a week off is like, and I, I really did try to disconnect. I tried not to do any work as much as possible for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, thank you guys for the, the staff here. You guys, you guys, I'm pointing to the, the, the people. Point to, now I got a monitor here. Thanks yeah. to Max. Yeah. And thanks to Ish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're on the bottom corner. You could just point to him normally. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there we go. Um, for for picking up the slack because I know that that is not easy and oh. it's it, and if we had planned this better uh, then maybe uh, maybe Hank's birthday would have been at a more uh, opportune time but yeah. um, happy to be, happy to be back happy to uh, be doing, doing broadcast off the top we'll just get this out of the way Aaron yeah. Flynn's in the house and he says he's here to eat his crow well good good we'll uh, by that. the way I did I did not listen to all the shows, but okay. I listened to right. bits and pieces of all of them. So I am yeah. kind of up to date on the narrative of this show. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. I know there were certain people from certain fan bases who yeah. were talking some mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, namely Dale Singletary, who is, who is saying that, uh, if, and I quote, uh, Westfield would beat the brakes off Longview. And we were highly skeptical. And then I think at one point he said he was gonna beat, they were going to beat him by 30. Again, highly skeptical. Yeah. And then we said... You, you bet. He said, "I'll be here on Monday to to hear your guys' apology." And then we said, "Well, we'll we'll be here on Monday regardless. So if you want to show up, and he said he'd be here. He hasn't checked in yet, so he's got the clocks ticking. We'll find out because I uh, will. Um, here's a breaking. Here's a bit of a breaking news item. Um, Westfield did not beat the breaks. Westfield did not long beat view. the breaks. Now, and here's the other thing. I'm just gonna right out of the, right out of the gate. I don't want anyone coming in here going. Well, well, it's closer than you guys said it was going to be. That's not the point. Right. The point is, you came in here and said Westfield would beat the brakes off Longview. I don't know if I don't know if anybody said that it wasn't going to be close. Yeah. Um. But that that we Longview was going to blow out. Right. It was I would have been, been pretty surprised just the way that Westfield plays. Longview was a favorite, but like they weren't not, saying like they were going to. We weren't saying they're, they're going to. They're not the kind 30. of team that they're generally not the kind of team that gets blown out. Right. Yeah. Like. They just, you know, but just the, the style of play. But neither is Longview. Um, yeah. Um, anyway. Other than that. But, yeah, Flynn's got to go. That's all right. Uh, it's okay, Aaron. Hey, great meeting you, Aaron. It was yeah. really cool. Yeah. Uh, good talking before the game. It we talked fine. about you Judson, were, talked you, about Lake Travis, your and tweets, a bunch of other stuff. So. Your, your tweets in the moment will not age well, yeah. but it's okay. We still love you. Uh, I know there were a lot of penalties on Judson. Those penalties were mostly false starts. Uh, Self-inflicted wounds. 17 points does not equal refs being the problem. They had the gripe on the fumble. Yeah. Um, I think at best you could say 10 um, points to the refs, and right. then there's still a touchdown. Right. More ridiculous was some of the clock management at the end of the first half, and then the decision to man press Garrett Wilson. And and then sometimes not even cover him. Not even cover him. It was like, yeah. oh, there's Garrett Wilson. I would open. say those are bigger <laughs> issues. That's a bold strategy. Yeah. Bigger issues than what the refs are doing. That's just my my two cents there. That's, yeah. uh, that's a bold strategy. How about Levi Nebush? Rebels still in the house. They are, man. How mm-hmm. about Tascos it, man? biggest fan uh, mm-hmm. in the house, uh, uh, and he's right. Tascos are rolling on. Very, that is big that news. was a big su- doings. We're gonna get we're gonna get to that Monday morning fallout. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it was that's that's really impressive. I tried as best I could. To keep up with high school football, yeah, uh, on my on my vacation, as if you could pull um, yourself away on my, on my vacation, vacation. but um, 
but yeah, it was. was um, that a vacation? So I I tried very hard, and I did watch a little bit of that game. Yeah. Uh, so it was. Uh, I've got I've got some takes. I've got some takes. I bet I've, you do. I've got all these I takes. I've got these all these takes stored up, and there's only one way to get them out. Yeah. Hit the theme expo. Okay. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating his 58th birthday today. Happy birthday to Kenneth Branagh. Oh, Nice. Yes. Uh, yes. If you have never seen, um, what was it? Is is that Henry the Fifth? I mean, he's the, done a bunch of. So them. he's a, he's his a, version of Hamlet is like three hours long. Yes, his version of Hamlet put a ton of money into it, and it's ridiculous. Um, if you're into Shakespeare, it's awesome. But if you are, um, let's see, what's the what what is that from? I'm I'm not up on my Shakespeare as much as I should be. Oh, it's Henry the Fifth. Okay. If you have never seen Kenneth Branagh. Do the St. Crispin's Day oh, yeah, that's speech yeah. from Henry V. Yeah. Um, that it. is like that's like a legit pregame yeah. speech. Yeah. Like if you go and you watch that, that's that's where the um, uh, the band of brothers. Um, yes. It, it, it comes yeah. from that. Yeah. We few, we happy few, we br- we band of brothers. Yes. And whoever spills his blood with me today will, will be my brother. Uh, Kenneth Branagh kills it in that. Anyway, yes. happy 58th birthday to Kenneth Branagh, who is who is awesome. Yeah. And seeing my right, the 24-hour Christmas music station to my dear God, please make it stop, <laughs> our West African prince, Ishmael Johnson. Hey, what's up, man? <sighs> it's good to be back. Yeah. It's good to be here. Um, we are, thank you guys again. I, I mentioned it before, but thank you guys for holding down the four while I was gone last week. Uh, I am back. Uh, you will not n- notice me gone, so apologies for everybody who got used to <laughs> Not uh, to to this show without me, yeah. uh, but I'm back, baby, uh, at least until my wife says I can't be. Today is Monday, December 10th, 2018, 352 days until Thanksgiving, episode 677. 677, the number of hits for Dean Palmer, this is Lester's Texas hey, Rangers career. All right. That's a legit, like, really good Ranger. Yeah, like, all-star. Yeah, I, yeah, that's an yeah. all-star. On today's show, guys, we're going an hour. We'll do it live. F it, we'll do it live. We're going to have Monday morning fallout, overreact to the football weekend, probably our last Monday morning fallout. Yeah. I mean, next yeah. week it doesn't really make a ton of sense. Yeah. yeah. So it's probably the last Monday morning fallout until August. Yeah. Uh, so cherish. Well, next, I mean, fair cherish. warning in advance, right? Next next Monday's show. Probably kinda, the last of the year. Kind of the last of the year, kind of mm-hmm. all over the place. Uh, yeah. So We'll yeah. run through that. In, when we get to final thoughts, we'll kind of run through our schedule. We'll repeat it throughout the week. But, um, but yeah. But, anyway, Monday morning fallout coming up here in a moment. Then, 12.15, probably 12.20 now. Uh, we'll be joined by the head coach of the state semifinalist, Rojo. Wichita Falls Rider Raiders. Coach Mark Bendel will join us. Excited to talk to Coach Bendel about his uh, surprising Raiders. That win over Lubbock Cooper is serious business. Mm-hmm. Serious, serious business. They are through to the re- to the state semifinals. We'll talk to Coach Bendel coming up here in a moment. Back half of the show, we will announce the 10 finalists for the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Award. Mm-hmm. Excited about that. And then we'll be joined by Shehan Jayaraja to talk about some college football coaching changes. I have not had an opportunity to talk about any of the college football coaching changes. Man, you've been gone at the wrong time. Um, Matt Wells, Jake Spavital, uh, Colby Carthel, and David Bailiff. We will mm-hmm. talk about all of their new jobs coming up here in just a little bit. Before you jump on the next thing, I do want to throw out one teaser. Mm-hmm. I know we're going to get a few people in these comments asking how the pick'em contest is going. Oh my god! This I know it, and it's fine. Contest. The scores are in, fellas. <gasps> oh. The scores is that are coming in. up in final thoughts. Stay tuned for final thoughts Ooh. at the end of the show, yes. and you will be, and all will be revealed to our loyal and uh, faithful viewers. The scores in the pick'em contest will be at the end of the show. Okay, that's a tease. There you go. Spoilers: I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> Max. Yes, sir. Hit the air raid timer one more time. It's time for Monday Morning Fallout. Monday Morning Fallout, of course, when we overreact to the football weekend and what a weekend it was. Quarterfinal weekend in Texas high school football playoffs. Let's get to my three big thoughts. Thought number one, something old, something new. 
We are now at the point where there are 45, the very odd at this moment, 45 it's teams true. still alive yeah. in Texas high, high school football players. If you didn't know, the Garden City McLean 1A Division One state semifinal had to get moved to tonight mm -hmm. because of snow in the panhandle. Um, so that game's going on tonight. So we have 45 teams. And if you look across the teams that are remaining, there are you're going to notice like a, a an interesting array of teams. You've got a team, a lot of teams that we are used to seeing here. We got a lot of defending stamps, uh, defending state champs still alive. Allen still alive. Carthage still kicking. Uh, Newton still kicking. And oh my God, are they still kicking? They're kicking something. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, Alito, or Alito's not a defending state champ, but uh, teams we're used to seeing. Yeah. Alito, Highland yeah. Park, Denton mm -hmm. Ryan, teams we're, teams we're used to seeing this far. Gunner, Canadian, uh, Mart, all these teams. And then, sprinkled in, just mm -hmm. sprinkled mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. we've got other teams. Mm -hmm. Teams that are making their uh, a, a, a trip here either for the first time or the first time in a long, long time. The Decatur Eagles are state semifinalists. Yeah, man. The Iowa Park Hawks are state semifinalists. We're going to talk with our head coach in a moment. The Wichita Falls Rider Raiders are state semifinalists. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily way outside the realm, but it's it's been a while since Rider's been this far. Not to mention Amarillo Tascosa. Not to mention San Saba. Mm -hmm. I know we've been talking a lot about Armadillos, but <laughs> remember, they were 3-7 and seven last year. Yeah. We've got this new blood of teams that have kind of infiltrated the state semifinals, and it makes for a lot of really interesting fun matchups here yeah. coming up in the state semifinals. Um, some, uh, you know, Beaumont Westbrook. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I feel like that's a team we haven't talked enough about. Yeah. yeah a team that, that we have, that, that we, you know, I think before the year, before the playoffs started, we kind of looked at them and we're like, oh, well, maybe they can win Region 3. Well, now they've dadgum done it. Yeah. Like Region, if you want to look at 6A Division 1, you're going to see a lot of blue bloods. Right. Yeah. Duncanville, Allen, and, and Lake Travis, North Shore is about as blue as blue bloods get. But everywhere else, you got a lot of new fun teams, which is going to make this a really exciting round. That's thought number one. Thought number two, the House of Heisman. And if there's any doubt, so they they, those com they were on those commercials. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With the House I of Heisman. I guess this is technically a free plug for Nissan. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> they were on those House of Heisman things. Um, and, um, and, and you know, they, they, uh, they kind of nebulously say, it's just like, it's a house. It's a fictional house right? Right. where they all live. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear that it's in Texas, right? I mean, I mean right it would be the shortest. It would be the shortest trip for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> this is now back-to-back -back years with a Texas high school football quarterback winning a Heisman Trophy. It's Kyler Murray, the, who left the state of Texas, uh, <laughs> uh, who, uh, who who started their college football career right. in Texas. Yeah, there we go. Um, and then if you go back, think about it. Robert Griffin III yep. is mm -hmm. in this mix as well. The state of Texas has had a really remarkable run of Heisman winners. And, by the way, look, we're going to announce the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week or Player of the Year nominee or mm. uh, finalist here. Mm -hmm. Kyler Murray was a two-time winner. <laughs> I mean, yep. that's feeling pretty good. Between him, between Johnny Manziel, between Robert Griffin III, we have had a really – Baker Mayfield, we have had a remarkable run of Heisman winners coming from the state of Texas. All quarterbacks, mm -hmm. all playing Texas high school football. Mm -hmm. And that should, that's, that should be a cause for celebration for all uh, football fans in the state of Texas. That we are – that right now – there is no doubt that Texas is putting out the best players in the state on a more, most consistent basis. Definitely. Or in the nation, rather. And thought number three, the cruelest round. So this is, the I believe, the fourth year that we've done this show. Um, and, when we, and, and fourth time we've done a state semifinal uh, show uh, on Texas Football Today or DCTF Live. And every single year I have made this point number, big thought number three. Every single year. Because... The state semifinals is easily the cruelest round yeah. of the Texas high school yeah. football playoffs. And this, again, to, to explain, this kind of spawns from I've picked up um, watching soccer. And you guys are big soccer aficionados, mm -hmm. right? In soccer, it means a lot to make a final. Right. Even if you lose. Even if you lose. If you make a final, you're etched in history. Mm -hmm. Oh, they lost the final, but they're in it. I think the same thing holds for Texas high school football. Um, there were two, there were probably two blowouts last year in the state championship games, right? Mm -hmm. In that, uh, in that Carthage blew out their opponent. And then Newton. And Newton, or, um, uh, in, um, no, I was going to say Cypher. 
uh, blew out, oh, right, blew yeah, out their sure, opponent. Yeah. But here's the thing. You can name those teams. Yeah. Carthage beat Kennedale. Cy Fair beat Hewitt Midway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those teams are etched in history. Hey, tell me, who did Kennedale beat to get to the title game? Anybody? Anybody off the top of your head? Who did who did who did Cy Fair beat to get to a title game? Anybody? Oh, I feel like I should know that one actually. Right? Wasn't it Westlake? <laughs> I think it was. It okay. was. Anyway, yeah. that's not the point. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're saying, but <laughs> come on, this is, this is my big thoughts. <laughs> point is, if you make a title game, even if you go and you lose a hundred to nothing, you are etched in Texas high school football history. Mm-hmm. If you lose this round, mm-hmm. you're an afterthought. That's why this is the cruelest round of the Texas true. high school wall playoffs. That's true. Those are my three big thoughts. Helmet stickers. Helmet sticker for the Longview defense. Good Ooh, lord. Boy, howdy. Good lord. They swallowed the Westfield offense hole. And I was so impressed, so impressed, because I watched almost all of this game um, uh, via our friends at Texan Live. Thanks, Texan Live. <laughs> um, almost all of this game. And the, and the Longview offense did not have a good day. I think weather had a little bit to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it played a big factor, especially the wind, the passing games for both teams. Yes, yeah. just was not working. Yeah. Um, but the bottom line of it was that you could still see that like the Longview offensive line was getting a push. The Longview defensive line dominated this game. They were the dominant force in this game. The Longview defensive line. I'll give it to the whole defense because they, they pitched a shutout in a, in, a, in a quarterfinal amount. It's certainly not something to, to turn your nose up at. But if I were to specify, the Longview defensive line dominated this game. They were the number one factor, the number one reason that they are through to the regional, yeah. to the state semifinals. A helmet sticker for the Longview defense. A helmet sticker for Mary Harden Baylor running back Markeith Miller. My man! We got, a t- we got a title game to talk we about do. this week. Thanks <laughs> we to Markeith do. Miller, who ran for 183 yards uh, in their big win over uh, Wisconsin-Whitewater. They are through to the Stag Bowl. They are through to the Division Three National Championship down in Shenandoah, uh, which is the Woodlands for anybody who doesn't know. Um, uh, to go to, to watch uh, to, for, for, a state cha- for a national championship, Mary Harden Baylor is through thanks in large part to the heroics of Markeith Miller. And a helmet sticker for Fort Bend Marshall running back Devon Achain. So this guy was all over the place. He was an unbelievable superstar in their win over um, Huntsville. And that's if you remove the last play of the game. Right. It wasn't the last play of the game, but the game-winning play. Yeah, the game-winning yeah. play. Where, if you haven't seen this play, Devon Chain, the running back, takes a reverse handoff, doubles back, and throws a touchdown pass to, to, his, to uh, his teammate who runs it in for the score. Mm-hmm. The go-ahead play. It was a nutso play, but Devon Chain was the reason they were in the game. And Devon Chain is the reason they won the game. Helmet sticker for Mr. Chain. Excuse me. My goodness, I'm back. Hang in there. Hang in there. <sighs> Three teams to watch. The Decatur Eagles. Here they are, baby. How? How? What are you guys doing here? <sighs> no, no yeah. this is not supposed to be you guys. But the Decatur Eagles... Keep on rolling. They are through to the state semifinals in emphatic fashion. Um, a team that I think that we had kind of just kind of penciled in as like second round cannon fodder, something well, like that. Well, and especially after Wilson Hicks decided he wasn't going to play. That right? was the, that mm-hmm. was the thing. We came into the season expecting a lot of them, and then their star quarterback decided to play baseball, which is fine. Yes, but you don't automatically assume that they can keep it rolling. And it took them a little while to get it going, but that offense is clicking like it was before. But they, uh, the, I mean, it all started basically when they beat Andrews. I mean, heck, this is a fourth seed. This yeah. is a yeah. fourth seed out right. of that district, yeah. and they're through to the state semifinals. Yeah. Unbelievable job by Mike Fuller and company. Uh, keep it on Yoakum. They're doing that Yoakum thing. Yeah. Um, they drubbed Edna this week. Yeah. That was a dominant performance yeah. and, and really surprising, too, because I thought that Edna uh, was, was – that was going, all those games between those, yeah. those three district bunkmates yeah. tended to be close, but this was Yoakum flexing and saying, we are here. Yoakum is a team to watch. And, of course, Amarillo Tascosa. The Rebs. They're just beating teams that we think they should. Man, <laughs> that's and all they're they doing. Are just, I mean, they, I mean, that's such a great win last week over Haltom, mm-hmm. and um, and a dominant, dominant. I thought, I mean, they were the better team. I don't yeah. think there was yeah. any doubt about yeah. that. They were the better team, and a really, really impressive f- performance from Amarillo Tuscaloosa. They are through to the state semifinals. Three to see. I mean, there's 20 high school football games, so and every every one of them is going to be great. Here are the three I'm most interested in, or two of them. Yeah. Den Ryan Highland Park, yep. uh, Volume Three. 
Um, this is the uh, uh, Highland Park has won the last two. Denton Ryan uh, Highland Park has been the thing that Denton Ryan cannot get past. Can they do it this time? Denton Ryan has looked incredible. The defense has looked spectacular. Highland Park has pulled the rabbit out of their hat every single time they've needed to. This is noon Saturday at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Uh, that is one to see. Stag Bowl. Oh, gosh. Let's see if I can do this. 46? 46. 46? Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mary Harden Baylor versus Mount Union. Yeah. 6 p.m. Friday in Shenandoah. I believe it's number one versus number two in Division Three. Um, this is uh, for the Division Three National Championship game. Uh, if you're anywhere near Houston, the state of Texas demands that you go to this game. Go and support the crew. Let's go, crew. Let's bring home a national championship to the state of Texas. Stag Bowl uh, coming up Friday night. Uh, it's also on ESPN, so watch that. Check game back too. at uh, TexasFootball.com this week, too. Corey Hogue will have a huge game preview, and we'll have both Corey and Shahan out at that game. And speaking of teams that are quite familiar with seeing each other in the playoffs, mm -hmm. like these previous two games, 7 o'clock Friday night, Vernon's Lions Stadium. Gunner, Canadian, Volume 3. Uh, Gunner, uh, again, Canadian is Denton Ryan, and Gunner is Highland Park. Mm. That they have just had their number. Can Canadian find a way through? Um, I'm really interested in this one. I think that this is probably, um, probably the most evenly matched of the of the past three matchups, mm -hmm. which could make this really really fun. So that is going down seven o'clock Friday at Vernon's Lions Stadium. Uh, Gunner and Canadian for a spot in the three A Division two state championship game, and that is the final 2018 edition of Monday Morning Fallout. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to, to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Uh, why would you want to do that? Well... If, first of all, if you like this show and you you want to uh, if you want to feed um, uh, Shahan's just addiction that we won't we won't talk about <laughs> we, we, we promise we won't bring that to air. It's kind of so low, man. Know, I know, but I just I don't know. He's been dealing with that for a while. Yeah, I know, but he's just got a problem with Popeyes. It's just he. You know what? We, fine. We need to say it out loud. Sure. That's fine. the only way he heals. That's how we help him. TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. 1995 for an entire year. You get two magazines, 2018 recruiting edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. We'll drop that in the mail for you this week. You also get pre-order for the 2019 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, the Bible of Texas Football, 400 pages profiling every team in the state. Um, you also get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, including computer rankings of every Texas high school football team, computer projections of every Texas high school football game. If you want to see what the computer says about all 20 state semifinal games this weekend, uh, we will have that up at TexasFootball.com. You get recruiting analysis all year round from our friends at Next Level Athlete, Texas Football Today extras, uh, all sorts of good stuff uh, on the website to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Log on to TexasFootball.com. It's $19.95 for an entire year. Also, you may know that there is a holiday coming up. It One just passed. Hanukkah just ended. So uh, happy Hanukkah to our friends, at uh, our members of the tribe. Um, but uh, Christmas is coming. If you have a football fan and you want to get him a, a, in your life and, you, and he's hard to shop for, he or she is hard to shop for, hey, 20 bucks. You're done. Dust off your hands. 20 bucks. Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Do it. Max, let's go to the Dairy Max. Built by Chocolate Milk Hotline and bring in the head coach of the state semifinalists, Wichita Falls Rider Raiders. We're joined by Coach Mark Bendel. Coach, how does it sound whenever I introduce you as the head coach of the state semifinalists, Wichita Falls Rider Raiders? That sounds awesome, man. <laughs> that sounds great. I just got chills hearing you say it again. So yeah, well, I appreciate y'all having us having us on. Well, listen, great. you've done all the hard work. Uh, we're just we just get to we just get to, to let you brag on it. Uh, you guys. Uh, go in taking on a, a, a Lubbock Cooper team, a really, really good Lubbock Cooper team, um, and, and edge them for a 38-35 win. Uh, how, I guess the, the, the basic question is, how were you able to do what nobody else had done this year, which is knock off a really good Cooper team? Well, uh, you know, one, our kids believed. I, we, we played them in district, and they beat us 27-7. Mm -hmm. And we really felt like we left four or five plays on the table that would have kept it a close game. And so we started the game fantastic. We were up 24-0, and our defense was rocking. They had turned the ball over a few times, and um, our O-line was just kind of pounding the way. They, they were having trouble tackling our quarterback. 
uh, Jacob Rodriguez, and, and we were able to get up quick, and, of course, they're good. And they came back and uh, made it a close game, but we were able to make plays when we needed to and pull out the victory. So would you say that there were, were there any major adjustments you made in, in, in you know, version two of this of this Cooper versus Ryder uh, matchup? Were there, were there any major adjustments, or was it just the kind of feeling of if we go out there and play our game, we're good enough to win this one? Well, we made a few adjustments schematically, um, but I think it was we, we realized we had to go out and make the plays. You know, mm-hmm. Lubbock Cooper was good. Holly, they're unbelievable, and for us to – kind of stay with them. We knew things had to go our way early. We had to we had to get out in front and kind of hold them off. And we kind of had a wish list of things. We hoped to get a defensive touchdown. We hoped to get the lead early. And we hoped to kind of play from ahead in the fourth quarter and, and kind of shorten the game a little bit. And that's – we kind of checked all three of those boxes off as we were going through the game. And, and then uh, our O-line and our quarterback just had an unbelievable game. I think he rushed for, for 280 yards, I think. And it's just – uh, he broke a lot of tackles and made big-time plays in the fourth quarter, and I think that was the difference. You mentioned that you guys jumped on top early. It was 24-14 to at, at halftime. Uh, Cooper had kind of – it kind of seemed like they had seized a little bit of the momentum and going into mm-hmm. the break. Uh, what was your message to your kids uh, in the locker room at halftime, knowing how good that team is and knowing that they are certainly capable of coming back? What was your message to those guys uh, at that moment? Well, just it was the same as all, as it's been all week. We we uh, we knew it was going to be a battle, and how good Lubbock Cooper was, they weren't they weren't going to stop, and and we knew it had to be a four quarter ball game, and so we just kind of stayed stayed positive. There was a couple of our young kids were kind of down because we were up twenty four zero, and then in like two minutes it was twenty four fourteen, and so they came roaring back, and we were kind of a couple of our kids were down, but we just got to keep them up, and our leaders did a great job of kind of talking to those young guys saying, hey, we got to just keep going, keep attacking. And uh, we, we really just kind of kept going, knew, knew they were going to make a push. And uh, we, we uh, had to go for it a couple times on fourth down just because we weren't going to settle for field goals. We were we knew that it was going to take touchdowns to beat those guys. We're talking with Mark Bendel, the head coach of the Wichita Falls Ryder Raiders here on Texas Football today. Get involved in the conversation. Hashtag uh, TF today. Uh, coach, let's let's talk about your quarterback. Um, uh, your Jacob Rodriguez was sensational. A career game uh, for him. 437 total yards, including 283 and two touchdowns on the ground. Um, this is a, a guy who's a sophomore, and it, uh, there's a lot of guys that in a state quarterfinal game, the moment is too big for them. Uh, it sure seemed like he embraced this moment. Uh, as the guy who gets to see him every day in practice, what, what can you tell us uh, that makes this, this young man so special? Well, I mean, he's a, he's a competitor, and he's a winner. He, he's voted a captain as a sophomore, which doesn't ever happen. And so I think his teammates – believe in him and he's a great leader number one and and he's hard to tackle he's a phenomenal athlete and I think after the first time that we played Lubbock Cooper he didn't have a great game and he kind of took some responsibility for that and kind of felt down I think his confidence was a little shaken and uh, but our his teammates kept believing in him kept lifting him up and he's gotten better and better as the weeks have gone along and and really this run in the playoff that's that's he's had has been amazing and and he, he'll be the first to tell you it's credit to the team and and the o-line and and uh they've done a great job and our receivers have stepped up and made catches when they had to and so uh, it's been a team effort but he's really stepped up his game from the beginning of the season he's progressed into uh i think one of the best quarterbacks in the state uh, you know, on the other side, Coach, in a lot of ways, the the defense was what had kept you in a lot of games uh, mm-hmm. coming coming into here. You know, obviously Cooper will do stuff to you, uh, but at the same time, your defense has been spectacular uh, all year long. What what is it about this defense that you guys have working uh, that that has you through to a state semifinal? Well, just the job that Coach Ross Dillard has done leading those guys. Our, our whole defensive staff does a great job with kind of game plan and. And uh, Kim Longest, he's, he was a D.C. for a long time in Oklahoma. He's now on our staff, and he's like a mad scientist. And, and we just kind of find ways to get lined up right. If you can get lined up right, that, that kinda, that's kind of half the battle on defense. And so we're getting lined up right. Our kids are, are making tackles. And uh, we've got great – honestly, we have really good players on defense. I mean, that, that's part of the deal, too. Our, our defensive line – kind of led by Anthony Groves and Isaiah Wetzel, those those guys are hard for people to block. And so they kind of keep 
those O-linemen off of our linebackers like Joshua and Jeremiah Rodriguez, who's they're actually the older twin brothers of Jacob, our quarterback. And so uh, the Rodriguez family had a really, really good – has had a great season and had a good game the other night as well. Uh, do they have any other brothers? No. Uh, I, I, the dad said, Coach, we can get you another one, but it'll be 16 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you might want to encourage him and be like, hey, man, listen, like, uh, I could really use this. Uh, we're talking about right. Mark Bendel, the head coach of the Ryder Raiders here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation. Hashtag uh, TF Today. Uh, coach, you guys, uh, it was not all sunshine and daffodils for you guys this year. Uh, you guys start off 1-4 and four, uh, and then 2-5. and five. It, it, it sure looked like. Uh, that you know, from a record perspective, there was not a whole lot to look at uh, early in the year, but something clicked. Uh, it seems like basically after that loss to, to Lubbock Cooper, you guys have been pretty much unstoppable. What was it uh, about about you know that that moment? What, was there something that clicked, or was it just a matter of uh, you know we just came together more as a team? Yeah, our record our record is not that great. I don't think. I mean, I think we have. I think in the in the all the regional finals were. Division two, five A. I think we had more losses than the other seven teams combined. So uh, that was that was hard to look at. But but I think from when the season our, our non district record we were one and four and things weren't going our way. We had a lot of injuries and, and Jacob he got hurt in the first half of the first game and so he missed three games and mm-hmm. and we had some O linemen that were hurt, some D linemen that were hurt. Our starting safety went out and. Um, that really set us back. I mean, injuries played a toll, but also as we started to get those guys back, we didn't know what kind of team that we had. And so we go one and four, we lose to Dumas 33 to seven, and it was a bad loss. We did not look very good. And we head into our bye week and we kind of just hit the reset button in the bye week. It's, it's kind of cliche, but we, we burned the boats, you know, everybody kind of wrote down what was holding us back and we threw it in this gas grill and we lit it all on fire and really, from that time, we've played some really, really good football, including the, the first loss to Lubbock Cooper. We actually played pretty well. We just didn't make a few plays that we ended up making in the regional final. Uh, now, Coach, it's it's on to the next one, and it's a familiar foe. Uh, the, the Alito Bearcats, 8 o'clock Friday night at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. This is a team that you guys uh, are quite familiar with. You guys have played them the last two years in the playoffs. Um, and Alito has come out with wins the last two two times. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to give away your game plan, but when you look across the field uh, at the Bearcats next week, uh, what what are you up against? What uh, what are the keys for you guys? Well, I think the biggest key is you can't fall into the Alito trap. Mm-hmm. And the the Alito trap is, you know, 90% of the time when those guys, because they're so good, mm-hmm. 90% of the time when, when team the other team shows up, they're already beaten. Mm-hmm. And so we can't already be defeated before we step on the field. Um, they've got those, you know, they've got three outstanding offensive players, uh, Jace and Jake and Jojo and, you know, their household names, their O-line's unbelievable. They're, they're huge. And so we'll have our hands full defensively and then, and just trying to find ways to move the ball offensively. But we're, we're going to try to, we're going to give them our best shot for sure. I I don't think these last two times that we played them, um, I think that we fell into a little bit of the Alito trap. And with our, with this team, I, I feel like we're playing with a lot of confidence, and we're going to show up and give them a game. Uh, and finally, Coach, uh, I know you're a busy man, so we'll let you go. But you're in your fifth year here at uh, here at Ryder, um, and uh, you know by far the the best year you guys have had there. This is a football crazy part of the state. Uh, people up there, I mean this in the, I mean this in in the most polite, nicest way. People up there are nuts, um, uh, and that's coming from me. Who that's a compliment is basically what I'm saying. Uh, yes, sir. What is the vibe around town right now? Because uh, I know that I know that they've been hungry for a winner, and you sure seem like you've given them one. Uh, yes, sir. I think that the whole town's kind of behind us, and, and we're playing really, really good football right now. And I think the the city of Wichita Falls loves good football, and so we've gotten a lot of support. Uh, they they came out and supported us. They they supported Hershey. They got to see one of the best running backs in the state with Demarque Foster, and, and even Wichita Falls High had a good year. Mm-hmm. They they've kind of bounced back and made the playoffs. And so there's some good uh, football up here in Wichita Falls. It's kind of its own it's kind of its own place. It's not Metroplex and it's not West Texas. It's just Wichita Falls football. And so we're excited to have 
some good teams, and we're excited to be in the state semis. And Wichita Falls football is coming to AT&T Stadium in Arlington. That's right. 8 o'clock Friday night, the Alito Bearcats will take on the Wichita Falls Raiders, Raiders for a spot at AT&T Stadium the next week for a state championship with their coach, Mark Bendel. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again uh, on the fantastic win last week, and uh, go get them Friday night. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, thank you, and congrats on – fatherhood welcome to the club it's it's great so i appreciate i appreciate i'm gonna text you with all my all my dumb questions okay yes sir <laughs> thanks thanks coach. for having us there he goes mark bendel the head coach the wichita falls writer raiders he said something that i have been i've been trying to find words for that he said so perfectly Lido trap so many people fall in the alito trap mm-hmm. <laughs> that so many people are beaten before they walk off the bus yep because you look across there, and you know what? I think Highland Park's the same way, and I think mm-hmm. that John Tyler kind of fell victim to it, is that Highland Park started making that comeback, and they go, oh, crap. Oh, no, it's them. It's those right. guys. Should have yeah. put them away while we had a chance. Exactly. Yeah. I think he's so right that Alito beats a lot of teams because of what's on their chest. Mm-hmm. And look, I, I don't think I don't think it's going on a limb to say that, that Alito's a favorite in that game. Right. I mean, they've got to be. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, the way that the way that, that Ryder's playing, you can't count them out. I yep. mean, that is a team that is playing with a ton of swagger right now. They just beat an undefeated team. Uh, they just got some revenge on an undefeated team. And they got to be feeling good about themselves heading into uh, their state semifinal matchup with the Alito Bearcats coming up 8 o'clock Friday night at AT&T Stadium. We appreciate uh, Coach Mark Bendel hopping on with us. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Let me pull up this little thing. Hold on. I'm pulling up something that I need to read. What could it possibly be? Um, let me see. Hold on. You're looking. Hold on. I'm just looking at this. Here we go. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, along with Wells Fargo and in conjunction with the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, annually recognizes the most outstanding high school football player in the state of Texas with the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Award. The end of the high school football season, 10 finalists are named. Fans can then cast their vote as to who should be named Mr. Texas Football. The fan vote will count for part of the consideration uh, as far as who is named the most outstanding player in Texas high school football. The winner of the 2018 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Award presented by Wells Fargo will be announced prior to the 2018 Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl. Former winners include 2012 Heisman Trophy winner Johnny Manziel, former Texas Longhorns running back Jonathan Gray, Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back Jaquiz Rogers, Carolina Panthers quarterback Garrett Gilbert, Oklahoma State freshman quarterback uh, Spencer Sanders took it home last year, Uh, Jet Duffy, the quarterback at Texas Tech, is a former winner, and then, of course, a two-time winner. 2018 Heisman Trophy winner Kyler Murray uh, was a Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year. This is um, this sucks. <laughs> um, I'll, 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 I, I, there's no two ways around it. This sucks. I don't like doing this because we have to narrow this down. It's one of the worst parts of our job is that we have to narrow down the 10 finalists for the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year award. We have the 10 finalists and here they are. Please tweet at Max Thompson. What? <laughs> the 10 finalists for the 2018 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Award. Haltom quarterback Michael Black. Lubbock Coronado wide receiver Blair Conright. Wichita Falls Hershey running back DeMarque Foster. Mission Veterans Memorial quarterback Landry Gilpin. Hutto quarterback Chase Griffin. Houston St. Pius X quarterback, Grant Gannell. Fall City quarterback, Keyshawn Johnson. Port Neches Groves quarterback, Rashawn Johnson. Longview quarterback, Haynes King. And Alito running back, Jace McClellan. There they are, the 10 finalists for the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Award. Fan voting for this will go on the site today. Uh, that will count as part of the consider a uh, part of the the ballot process for the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year. We also have a panel of experts from across the state that we discuss, as well as us here on the staff. Um, the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Award uh, uh, finalists: Haltom quarterback Michael Black, 
Lubbock Coronado wide receiver Blair Conright, Wichita Falls Hershey running back DeMarc Way Foster, Mission Veterans Memorial quarterback Landry Gilpin, Hutto quarterback Chase Griffin, Houston St. Pius X quarterback Grant Gannell, Falls City quarterback Keyshawn Johnson, Port Natchez Groves quarterback Rashawn Johnson, um, Longview quarterback Haynes King, and Alito running back Jace McClellan. Um, We'll have lots of discussions about this oh, in yeah. the office, both on air and off air. Oh yeah, but um, this is—I mean, that—that that was tough enough. It's tough. It was very There's tough to get it to twenty-five. There's yeah. some huge names left. It off. was yeah. massive names left. Yeah. Off. yeah, and that's one of the things I wanted to touch on here is kind of why we made the choices we made and what we can reveal about the process so far. I know uh, Aaron Flynn, who saw Garrett Wilson in person last week, was like, "He gets my vote." Mm -hmm. He's not going to get in because he just missed too many games this yeah. year, and that's part of the problem. Yeah, the problem. The problem is that it's just the kind of thing where yeah. you got to, you pretty much got to play a complete season. If you miss like yeah. one game, mm -hmm. we could probably consider. It, but Garrett Wilson missed a, a fair amount of the season. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, you know, if you were to ask me, I mean, really and truly, I w if you were to ask me who the most talented player in the state is, it might be Garrett Wilson. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm comfortable yeah. saying that. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, Jordan Whittington. Another yeah. one. Jordan yep. Whittington is one of the ten best players in the state, but he just missed too many games. He missed this too year. many games. Yeah. Brown, you got yeah. Dylan Jantz and Gunners. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of great players who got left off this list. It, that's why this 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 stinks so mm -hmm. much. Yeah. Um, but these are the ten guys that we feel like uh, have been able to put have, have been able to um, put the team on the back and have been the most valuable players for their teams. Mm -hmm. um, you know, relative <coughs> to that now. Look, reasonable people can disagree, and I'm sure there are people, reasonable people, disagreeing in the comments. <laughs> but um, no, so far everyone's excited for the guys that made it. It is, it is yeah. a, it's, it's a, it's an impossible task to, yeah. to name one player when there are 1,400 teams yeah. and there are, you know, uh, 250,000 players, yeah. you know, yeah. or more across the state. Where we've yeah. narrowed it down to 10. I feel really good about these 10. Um, I think it's. I think the the key distinction is the same one you make in the Heisman. The Heisman isn't about the top three draft picks, right? Right. right. This isn't about the top three prospects. This no. is about the season that this player has does, had. Does Landry Gilpin even have an offer? I, I don't, don't know. think so. I'm not sure. But he's put up stupid numbers. Right. Got, uh, Michael Black's another one. I think he's got Permian Basin is it, but he did. You know. Yeah. I can't believe he doesn't have more. It's unbelievable. Know? Yeah, because that's, of the season he's that's had. That's the yeah. thing. This is not a recruiting yeah. award. This yeah. is a reward for who is the best high school football player in the state of 2018. Right. Um, it is uh, it is an impossible task, but we have the ten finalists. We're very excited about. It. We'll have the voting up at TexasFootball.com uh, this week. It will be your uh, you'll you'll get a, a chance to make your voice heard as far as who you think should be the Mister Texas Football yeah. Player of the Year. Uh, please remember though that that only counts as part of the vote. We yeah. then take we take that into consideration. Put that it basically it's like one vote. If you vote for uh, Joe Smith, uh, then Joe Smith basically gets to gets gets to cancel out my vote if I don't <laughs> vote for Joe Smith. Okay, so. Um, TexasFootball.com is where you can vote for who you believe is the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year. We will announce it Monday, a week from today. We will announce the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year here on this very show. You want to go get your friend? Yeah. Thank you. Bye-ish. Bye-ish. Bye, guys. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Please do. Uh, it would be uh, it would help us, and if you are uh, a fan of football, then you would like all the stuff. I'm a really good salesman. Um, and, yeah, so become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com. Yeah. He's sitting down. We had uh, we got one fan saying uh, we missed on Kyle Harrison. The issue with Kyle is he's not the only running back on Liberty Hill's yeah. offense. I mean, no, he's been awesome. These, been these slot T running backs, wing T running backs, they get so many of their numbers chewed up. Uh, again, I it's, not, and it's so not always stinks, about right? that. Yeah, you, you have to have something to sort of weigh it against and – you know, he's one of those there do guys have to be there the do cut. have to be numbers. Yeah. Like but he's awesome. It's not all numbers. Yeah. Um. It's not all numbers, but yeah. Um. There. I mean, there does have to be uh, num numbers associated with it. Yeah. Uh. I mean, Kyle Harrison has absolutely been a beast for he's them. Unbelievable. The problem is that yeah. whole offense is so yeah. good. Yeah. That like it's hard to to yeah. kind of single out one player. So in any case, there you go. The ten finals for the Mister Texas Football Player of the Year award. Here to select that Player of the Year award winner is Shahan J. Rogers. Oh, Your no. pick is? No. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Shahan J. Roger, college football insider, joins us now. Uh, hi, Shahan. Hey. Um, we haven't had a chance to talk because, but there have been some major coaching moves in Texas in in Texas college football uh, the past couple of weeks. I believe literally the moment after we got off the air on our most recent um, our, our most recent uh, show that I did, 
uh, was when um, Jake Spavital got hired at Texas State. Um, Jake Spavital is, uh, you know, a hot, hot name. A guy who uh, I know his, his name used to be a little bit hotter, but Texas State. I kind of wrote this on the site before I left. It seems like Texas State went way to the side on one, like way to one end of the spectrum with the hire of Dennis Franchione. Yeah, they then went way to the other side of the the spectrum uh, with with their hire of Everett Withers, with guy, a guy who's like a Division two coach. Now they've kind of done a much more seems like a much more traditional hire here. Yeah, yeah, y- you know it's interesting. I feel like they have decided to speed up the rebuild to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they hired Everett Withers to do a complete, complete rebuild. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, he did that. They put forth a great recruiting class. Uh, they brought a lot of talented players to campus. But unfortunately, they didn't have the results, winning two, two, and three games in his three years on campus. And now it seems like they want to speed past that rebuild. They decide it's time. We're going to win now. Mm-hmm. We need to win football games now. Uh, they go pick up a great offensive mind who doesn't have experience being an administrator, of course. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they're hoping, I guess, he can learn on the fly and he can make those strides uh, now. And and obviously, offense was the huge issue with Texas State last year. Mm-hmm. So this is an attempt to come in to a roster that already is, you know, relatively experienced, relatively talented at the Sun Belt level and compete. Well, and, and Jake Spavital was a guy who was kind of the the, the wunderkind, right? Yeah. He was the he was the next big thing for uh, in, in you know college football coaching for right. a while. Right. His his star faded a little bit, I feel like, towards the end of his A and M career, uh, and then maybe his year at Cal, but then. I mean, he, he's been in charge of one of the most explosive offenses in the nation in West Virginia. Um, it, it kind of feels like, I don't know, I feel like if you had come to me, by the way, he's the second youngest coach in the nation, too. I feel like if you had come to me three years ago or five years ago and said, hey, by the way, Texas State's going to get Jake Spavital, I would say, whoa, what a huge name for them. This, uh, you know, I feel like people may be... Um, Maybe underselling this hire. I think it could be potentially really, really good. Yeah, I think it depends on what we see mm-hmm. because... You know, all the places that he's worked the last couple of years, uh, he hasn't necessarily left on the not not that he's left on bad terms by any means, mm-hmm. but you know he was kind of pushed out the door at Texas A&M. Uh, you know, obviously he was let go as part of Sonny Dykes' firing at Cal, mm-hmm. and even at West Virginia. I mean, people aren't that torn up to see him leave. Mm-hmm. Now the question is again, I mean. <laughs> There have been some questions about his play calling, but I think there's also legitimate questions about all the rosters that he's called plays for so far as well. You know, I mean, again, whatever you want to say about uh, about Texas A&M, I mean, their their roster was not great when Jake Spavadol was there. He was not the problem, and that's why Kevin Sumlin was fired later. Mm-hmm. You know, and at West Virginia, you know, you can point to maybe one or two decisions in some of these big games down the stretch that maybe, oh, if he had done this instead of this, things could have gone differently. But they didn't, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reality is, again, you know, if you're Texas State right now, you're trying to get to that sort of six, seven win mark. You're not trying to get to 11 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe the worry right now is that Jake Spavadol can't win you 11 games tomorrow. Well, I mean, I think that you would be OK with that if you're Texas State. And the thing is, too, you know, I think that sometimes we forget that when you have a coach who's as young as Jake Spavadol, obviously 33 years old. He's still learning. Yeah. He's still trying to figure out how to be a play caller, how to be an offense coordinator. When he was at Texas A&M, that was his first time calling plays, you know, because he didn't do it under uh, Dana Holgerson at West Virginia, of course. He has a track record of developing quarterbacks. He has a track record of making great offenses. Um, And again, you know, I think he's still trying to figure out some of the play calling stuff, but he's 33. He's only done it for a couple of years. And I have every reason to believe that he could eventually do that. And on top of that, He's bringing in Bob Stitt as offensive coordinator, who's a great offensive mind, had prolific offenses at Colorado School of Mines. Uh, I like the hire. I think it's going to be interesting. And the big thing, again, if you're Jake Spavadol right now, um, you know, he's good at developing offenses. He's good at developing quarterbacks. And I'm curious to see what he can do now with a quarterback room that's pretty talented with Willie Jones, with Tyler Vitt, uh, with Jalen Gibson. Uh, they've got guys there, mm-hmm. and now they just need those guys to take the steps. and And if their offense is pretty good and their defense can maintain, I mean, this is this should compete to be a bowl team, right? And the Sun Belt's not this world beater, right? No, now. no, I no, mean, no. That's no, the no. thing; it's there for the taking. Um, so then, <coughs> I believe, like a couple days later, yeah, we got word that Texas Tech has a new head coach. Yes, Matt Wells. Yeah, Matt Wells is the new head coach at the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Uh, he comes in from Utah State, uh, where he led the Aggies to a ten and two record. What? Utah. Utah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. 
Utah State. Utah State. Um, Matt Wells is a guy that I don't know. That, like maybe I was just reading too much of Tech Twitter, but they were like there were some people who were crapping on this hire. Everything that I read about this guy, I like more and more, and I feel like this is a really savvy hire for Tech. Here's the thing. Matt Wells does not pass the smell test. He does not pass the eye test. He does not win the press conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury did all those things, mm. and you went to three bowl games in six years. So, so here's the reality. You are hiring a coach who's not terribly exciting at surface level, mm. right? You're hiring a guy who's been successful, but he's also had his struggles. I actually got a chance to talk to the Utah State play-by-play guy last week, and because, and, you know, the big thing that you look at his record kind of stands out is, you know, they win nine games twice, they lose Todd Orlando, they go six and seven, then they go three and nine, six and seven, and then they win ten games this year. So I kind of I kind of asked, you know, what happened? I mean, obviously a mm-hmm. three and nine season anywhere isn't really acceptable. Um, apparently they lost basically their entire assistant coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Like just everybody got better jobs because they were successful. They mm-hmm. were a good team. And so uh, they were in a position where, where they were having to rebuild on the fly. He, uh, the guy basically said that they lost a whole recruiting class basically because all of the recruiters were gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he built it back up to 10 wins. You know, I, I would almost be more concerned if they won those nine games, struggled, and then never got back. Mm-hmm. But he built them up better than ever with, mm-hmm. with this uh, with this staff. Obviously, they're bringing, um, at this point, seven of their 10 assistants from Utah State. And I would like to see him maybe add some guys with some Texas ties to a certain extent, just from a recruiting perspective, to kind of bolster those last three spots. But, you know, if you're a Texas Tech, right, mm-hmm. Cliff Kingsbury – was a guy who was used to working with more talent than other teams. You know, he had these great offensive players in Johnny Manziel and Mike Evans, uh, and obviously those great offensive linemen that they had at Texas A&M. You're not going to be working with talent advantages in Lubbock. You know, I mean, you can get to a point where mm-hmm. you're competitive, but you're, I mean, you're never going to have more talent than Texas. Or you're, Oklahoma, yeah. Right, you know, and that's fine. You don't have to. Matt Wells, on the other hand, is a coach who has recruited well over the years for, uh, for a program like Utah State, which is consistently one of the worst programs at the FBS, yeah. uh, just in terms of pedigree. And he's managed to develop players. He's managed to find these dimes in the rough, and he's managed to turn a lot of these players into future pros. So I think that we obviously have to see whether he can adjust to yeah. Lubbock and to Texas Tech. But this is the type of hire that I think you need to make if you're Texas Tech. You can't just be sitting here – waiting for the next Mike Leach to come. Or, or you can't just be sitting here being like, well, we're going to do Air Raid better than them. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to bring something different. you got to have a, a staff that's used to developing players. And I think, ultimately, I think the two things we're going to look back on um, Texas Tech and under Cliff Kingsbury is they had very little depth because mm-hmm. they didn't recruit terribly well and they couldn't retain players. And their development wasn't all that great outside of quarterback and wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, a lot of these guys came in pretty good and then stayed that way forever. So I'm curious to see. And, and don't get me wrong. There's no reason to expect that it's going to work. And there's no reason to expect it's not going to work. It, this is a new direction for Texas Tech. But it's one that I'm really interested to see. I also think that David Yost is an underrated part of this. Too. Oh, yeah. They bring in the offensive coordinator. And, and he was the offensive coordinator at Missouri for a while. Um, and he did big things there. Oh, yeah. Um, and then he was offensive coordinator this year for a, the third-ranked scoring offense in the nation. Yeah. So uh, pretty impressive stuff. Uh, Shahan Jiraja here talking college football coaching changes. Uh, let's dip down to the FCS level. Yeah. Where friend of the show, yeah. Colby Carthel has a new job. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he, does. he has moved from commerce to Nacogdoches uh, for Stephen F. Austin. He's the new head coach of the Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks. Um, I don't I don't have to tell anybody here that you guys, if you're familiar with Texas football today, you know that he's a, he's a friend of the show. He's a guy that we like. We've had on a couple times. We had him on right after they won the national championship. Um, you know, if you're Stephen F. Austin, uh, this feels like a coup for me, that, that you've got a guy who's a national champion head coach that I imagine – uh, was probably at least getting some coordinator overtures at the FBS level, and you've been able to nail him, uh, nab him as your as your head coach. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who's a program builder. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously get, takes over Texas A&M Commerce, not necessarily the most special of programs uh, historically, and mm-hmm. he takes them to where they're a top ten team, where they're a playoff team every single year, where they're winning national championships, at, well, a national championship. And I think that it's underrated to have someone who can do that to mm-hmm. to build up a program. And obviously, Stephen F. Austin is a fairly historic program. They've had success over the years, but they're coming off of some not great times, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to have somebody who can come in there, who can identify talent, who can develop talent, 
um, who can just make things happen. You know, we, we talk about all the time in this office, you know, Kobe, Kobe Carthel just seems to make something out of nothing yeah, every single sure year. And, you know, you have Luis Perez for those two years and you go and win a national yeah. championship. But, you know, a lot of the time he's like, man, we're just finding guys out here and we're turning them into really good players. And, um, you know, you know, I really like the hire. I think yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how he competes at a level where, again, you know, Stephen at Boston, you're able to get comparable, if not better talent than a lot of the teams in your conference. Well, and the other thing about that is that, that like Stephen at Boston, this is a, a big moment for them because yeah. they are in they're in danger. They were in danger oh, yeah. of getting buried because yeah. this, because Southland guys, the Southland is getting really good right. and it's always been really good. Yeah. But like it used to be basically like Sam Houston State and then maybe like another team. Right. But now it's like them. Incarnate Ward's getting better. Yeah. Nichols State is getting better. Sure. Lamar is getting better. Abilene right. Christian. Abilene Christian yeah. is getting better. Yeah, they're serious. You go, you go out of state. Central Arkansas is always pretty good. McNeese. Right. I mean, it's a really good conference. Right. And you felt like that was an important moment that oh, if yeah. you don't make a move, you could end up in the basement of this of this conference for a while. Felt yeah. like an important move for them. Yeah, and, you know, I like the decision to go down to the lower level and get a coach because – you know, there's uh, there's sort of these ways that we traditionally think of getting coaches, either getting, you know, an old offensive coordinator from somewhere or getting, you know, a retread, something like that. But to go down and get somebody who's had success at the lower level before, I think is really interesting. And it, there might be an adjustment process, of course, you know, just going from Division Two to FCS. But this is a coach who knows how to win. This is a coach who knows how to be a coach, which mm-hmm. I think is a big deal. And, and, you know, like we mentioned, I mean, what the the uh, Stephen F. Austin finished only a couple wins this year. You know, they weren't very good. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is you have to go in there and you have to build back up that program. And I think that he's one of the – he has the personality to do it. I think he's got the administrative experience to do it. And, and I mean, again, he's a heck of a football coach. We've seen mm-hmm. that over the years. I'm curious to see what he does. And, and like you mentioned, it's not going to get any easier at SFA. You know, Sam, like you mentioned, not going anywhere. Incarnate Word, while they have Eric Morris, are going to be a hot team. So, I mean – there's going to be a lot of competition from inside the state itself, but look, at the same time, there is one coach in that conference that can walk in the door and drop a national championship ring on that table, yep. and that's Colby Carthel. Yeah, you're exactly right. Jimbo can do it too. Well, at the FCS level. Let's say FCS real quick and touch <laughs> on uh, Texas Southern. Um, they hired yeah. Clarence McKinney, yeah. uh, which is uh, – It's a move. Uh, it was a, 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 an interest, a really interesting move. Clarence McKinney is a guy who who's got some ties at the state of Texas. He yeah. was he was on Kevin Sumlin's staff at Texas A&M. Right. Um, I, I I don't know. I think that this is a really interesting move. Texas Southern's a, a, a kind of a program that feels like it's been a little bit stuck in the mud. Yeah. And and needs needs a little bit of a change. I wonder if Clarence McKinney is the guy who can give him that change. Yeah. It, it seems like they're going in a pretty hardcore uh, recruiting direction yes. with, with this hire. You know, obviously. Uh, Texas Southern hasn't necessarily had the most talented rosters the last couple of years uh, performing at the FCS level. They struggled a lot last year. I mean, I think, you know, the Sagan ratings aren't perfect, but they had them, like, bottom 15 mm-hmm. in the country. They're you bad. Know, they, were, they were really, really bad. Um, and, and now, you know, again, he's a guy with some Houston ties, and yeah. this is a Houston school. It's a Houston HBCU, and there are positives and negatives to, to being at an HBCU, both as a player and as a coach. But I think that this is an interesting hire. I think it, you know having somebody who has some pedigree is mm-hmm. a big deal. Uh, somebody who can walk into these rooms and be like, "We've pl- I've coached at the highest level before. I've got coached players at the highest level before." I think it's going to be a big deal. Um, you know, somebody who has worked under, oh, oh worked on great offenses under mm-hmm. Kevin Sumlin. I think that's a big deal too because this was not a good offensive team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Yeah. You, you know, and yeah, I'm interested to see how it all works out because he's right. he's a guy who. Um, has he been a head coach before? Um, not at the college. Not level, the college sure. level. Sure. Um, so it's an interesting move there. But you're right. This is a recruiting ace. This is a right. guy that Kevin Sumlin turned to and said, "Go get our guys," and and he did that in, in in a big way. And so you wonder how that's going to translate now to the FCS level for a program that you know you can't you can't recruit on wins. You can't recruit on championships. Texas Southern's been stuck in the mud for a little bit. So it's an interesting move. Uh, Clarence McKinney, the new head coach at Texas Southern. Finally, let's drop yeah. down to Division and, two. And I'll jump oh, in. Uh, McKinney was head coach at Jack Yates High School yeah. for three years, but then before that, just an assistant. Yeah, just so, an assistant. so he's been a, a head mm-hmm. coach for three years at a high school yes. level. So, and finally, uh, if, if if Colby Carthel's going from A&M Commerce to uh, Stephen F. Austin, that means that A&M Commerce needs a head coach. And they announced yesterday, there have been some reports before, but they made it official yesterday, the new head coach, an old friend, yeah. David Bailiff, going to Texas David A&M Bailiff. Commerce. Great kid. Um, this is a super. I love this hire. Yeah. I love – you will not find 
a more respected coach yeah. across the state than David Bailiff. Right. A guy who and, and if you're AM Commerce and your job is to just get bodies on campus, right. I don't know, you can do a whole lot better than this guy. David Bailiff, of course, a former coach at Rice, um, and and a, just a Texas lifer. Uh, this this feels like a home. Uh, this does not feel like A and M Commerce could have done any better outside of basically like hiring Jimbo Fisher, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right? No, no. And you mentioned you know this is Bailiff. I think has kind of gotten lost in the shuffle as one of the most underrated coaches in the state mm-hmm. over the last decade and a half. You know, I mean, he's won everywhere he's gone in at in very difficult situations too. Mm-hmm. You know, at Texas State and at Rice, especially at Rice. I mean, again, this is a Rice is. You know, if you're talking from a resource perspective, they're like ninth in the state at best. You know, and, the, and he was mm-hmm. winning ten games there a lot of years. So yeah, I'm really curious to see. The big question that I have for David Bailiff is how much does he care? You know, how much is this? Mm. Is it? Uh, you know, and, and I just hearing about him and, and interacting with him a little bit. I mean, he doesn't seem like somebody who's just gonna waste his just time. take a paycheck. Yeah. Right, right. He's not a paycheck type of coach. But you know, I mean, again. There are now, for the first time in a while, expectations at Texas A&M Commerce. Mm-hmm. And, and David Bailiff, again, we know he can coach. We know he can recruit. We know we can get guys there and develop them to where they can compete with anybody. Uh, but, you know, I mean, he is older. You he's know, 60. He, yeah. yeah, he's 60. Oh, you know, that's actually younger than I thought he was. So, you know, is this going to be a retirement check for him? I don't think he wants it to be. No. I don't think that's his personality. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't think that's what Texas A&M Commerce wants. So I'm really curious to see. Uh, you know, I'm excited to go to the press conference on Wednesday and, and hopefully you know, interact with him a little bit. And I think we'll learn a lot about sort of his motivation level at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because, again, it's, Texas A&M Commerce is a different job than when Colby Carthel took it over. And there are new expectations that come with it. But David Bailiff, like you mentioned, one of the great coaches in the state in the last decade or so. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm curious to see what he can do at Texas A&M Commerce. It's going to be really, really exciting to see. So a lot of coaching moves across the state. Uh, of course, follow Shahan at Shahan J. At Shahan J. Raja. Um, just, like, try to spell it, and it'll get there. Can you spell it, like, quickly? Yeah, S-H-E-H-E-N-J-E-Y-A-R-A-J-A-H. Come on. There it is. It's my name. It's easy. Shahan, thanks for your time. Uh, okay, I have to read this. There's a piece of paper I'm supposed to read. Dave Campbell's Texas Football and Whataburger have teamed up to give fans the opportunity to, uh, to honor the best and brightest stars in Texas high school football with a 2018 Whataburger Super Team. We need your help to select the 2019 or 2018 Whataburger Super Team. The final ballot is official and voting started on Monday, November 9th, closes at the end of the year, the strike of midnight on November, on December 31st. Head to TexasFootball.com slash WhataSuperTeam to cast your vote today. Good job. I read that piece of paper. Yeah. And now we go to Max Thompson for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Lots of good comments today. I've tried to mention them throughout the show because we've got more important business to get to right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Pick'em Contest standings. Good Lord. The moment you've all been waiting for. <laughs> Here they are. Uh, I just did a screen grab of the spreadsheet. Um, this is our rankings right now. If you are very low, I am sorry, but I think a lot of you Uh-oh. will be surprised at how well you're doing. Shahan, don't don't look. look oh, like Shahan. no, Shahan. <laughs> what I did with a- anyone who had 120 points or higher, I did want to give an idea of where they wh- what they have remaining. Um, bad news for all of you, I am in the driver's seat. Of uh, course. Yep, sorry. Um, title picks remaining uh, that are still alive, uh, and uh, your finalist pick against the grain, for instance, Greg Tepper, you have a shot if Highland Park goes all the way because I don't believe anyone else picked them as a state champion. Uh, Luke Grover has a good shot because he went with Denton Ryan. I have Shadow Creek in a final, which no one has. Mm. I didn't have them winning it, but I have them in the game. So that gets me more Mm -hmm. points if they get there. Um, And a few people rode the uh, Duncanville train. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, no surprise here. Ed the Brain McElroy, who has emailed me more than anyone else about this contest, is number one. Paul Roberts, whose football opinions we can trust, is number two. Is that a shock? No, no it is not. It's not. Uh, yeah, but I, I try to give everyone a nickname. I feel like we've got like a, we're, we're, we got a fun team here. If you don't have a nickname, I'm open to your suggestions. I got 17 and 24 left. I'll take that. Me and Step are tied exactly. Yeah, uh, how shocking is that? Oh, man. I think you guys are spending too much time together. I think we're basically the, the same person. At this you point. basically have the tiebreaker in that with Highland Park. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully I'll beat Step. That's all that matters. Yeah. I got to catch our West Africa Prince. I don't though. get a nickname. That's brutal. We haven't been here very long. Oh, man. I don't know what I, oh, I don't know. Oh, man. Do you get a last name? Do you have a nickname? No, of course not. Uh, nobody, nobody gives you nicknames. No, no, no. What about the Sri Lankan Shadow? 
or what? Ooh. Yeah. What? Uh, what else? That sounds uh, like no. That sounds like really like uh, the 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 shadow part of it sounds like very like um. I was thinking like like almost like uh, nefarious. Well, but maybe he is. Maybe that's <laughs> like secretly he is nefarious. Yeah, I'm gonna secretly jump up fifty points in the stand. Yeah. Maybe you will. Suddenly it's gonna be I like, like, oh, where's yeah. one? Yeah, I like Miziel. He's like, I'm not last. I think that's all anyone wants. Listen, man. All <laughs> the you good and, news, and, and, yeah. The good news for all of you is that our head of sales, Rudy Klanek, didn't submit regional finalists. He just sl- submitted state champions and cha- and runners up. So none of you will finish. So, last. but he's got all twelve of them left. Yeah. No, no, no. He's that. That means he got three points. He he only got four. What? Yeah. Oh my God, buddy. That's yeah. so bad. He's yeah. only got four teams still in the mix. Uh, okay. But yeah. There you go. Uh, there's the pick'em contest. There's the pick'em contest. That's where we stand. I will not have more updates for you. We will have the score will change this afternoon because of the McLean game. Yeah, there is a McLean uh, Garden uh, City game yeah. t- this afternoon. That in, will, uh, it's been moved to Tulia, by the way. I'm supposed to tell you that. Yeah, it's uh, that that will change these a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not a ton. It's a three point swing, mm-hmm. uh, but I think most people. Have McLean. Have McLean, and I believe they're the favorite. They are the favorite, although Garden City's got a shot. Garden City's got a shot. But, but yeah, uh, there will be no update again until next Monday. And next Monday you will know. Yeah, and we should tell you that next Monday is going to be the last episode of Texas Football Today for the 2018 calendar year. Unless you and Step decide to do one while I'm gone the week after state. We will have – we're going to have – so let's kind of run this through, and we'll we'll mention this a few more times. Um, So, obviously, next week is the week of state championship games. We are going to, of course, have you covered like nobody else. Nobody covers state championships. So much content on TexasFootball.com on Monday. You know us. Come on. Um, so we will have all that. We'll have a ton. Like our state preview is going to roll out Monday night. We are or Monday morning. We are going to. We're working all weekend to roll this thing out. We're doing it bigger and stupider than ever. <laughs> um, but that also means that Monday we're going to do a show. We'll have Texas football today, our normal our normal Monday show. But then we're off. But we will have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Step and I are going to record daily preview podcasts that we will release uh, probably the night before. Um, for your edification, for you to uh, get ready for the state championship day, uh, the three games ahead. So we'll preview each triple header uh, that day. But we will have you covered, of course, at TexasFootball.com for all things Texas High School Football State Championship games because nobody does it like us. Nope. They can't do it. We can do it, baby. Nope. They can't. That is going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. Of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Vince Young. Dude, I went away for a week, and I was 100% sure you were going to come in during that week. So, you're not. So, please get your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.